It's time to sweat it out with Anthony Mendez and Josh Evans. What is up, guys, and welcome back to the Sweat It Out podcast. Today we have a very special guest. He is the author of Rocket Fuel, CEO of People Building Inc., Grant Cardone Licensee, and the Top 100 Podcast, What Are You Made Of? Guys, help us welcome the one and only Mike C-Rock. What's up, brother? Yo, Anthony and Josh, what's happening, man? Hey, I love to start interviews with gratitude. Just uh, it's so important to me to express that I'm thankful for the opportunity to be on here and also the really humbled by the fact that people want to hear my voice. So thank you very much, brother. <laughs> we got to say the same thing. You know, we're thankful to have individuals like yourself that want to come here and take time to be able to speak to, to guys like us who are just trying to push on a, a mission and, you know, really try to get more high performers and leaders like yourself out in the world and passing on your message. So appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We got to, uh, we got to get our setup like yours, man. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's inspirational it's to see that as it's well. Clean and edgy. I like it. <laughs> Thanks, man. I uh, started out in my dining room and my wife kicked me out of there by spending her a year's worth of real estate money to uh, build this like this. You can't see the whole thing. It's uh, it's pretty sick. I mean, matter of fact, since is this a video podcast? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, shit. Let me let me show you this. Hold oh, on. we got to see this. Shut, switch shut, the camera. Shout for a out to the wifey. So, yeah. Bear with me for a second so you can take a look just for a second. But you see, I got I got the rocket right there. Ooh, I love that. I got the bookcase over there. And then. This, this is the man cave area. So oh, man. Got, Woo! Got a ceiling. And I got a nice couch over there. And outside, you can't see it really good, but there's a pool and uh, the ocean's right on the other side with some buildings from That's Ocean amazing. City. That's true love, man. Sweet floor. Look at that. Look at that thing. Damn. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Yeah, we're uh, we're set up nice. And she did that because she was probably so sick of me being in the uh, <laughs> in the dining room. So. It's like, honey, I'm going to put you over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The come up is real though, man. You know, it's, uh, it's always great to see, uh, and hear when, uh, people come from those humble beginnings to where they're, where they are today, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, it's, uh, that's not even the, the, the half of it, you know? Um, there's a, there's a story behind everything and I, I get into that in a minute, but yeah, would definitely, that's a, would definitely appreciate that if, uh, you can walk us through of, of how'd you start so you can become the high performer and the individual you are today doing the great things you're doing. You know, I, I, uh, started in a, from a broken home. I don't remember my parents ever together, you know, and I, I grew up around a lot of broken people, alcohol, drug addicts, mental problems, people that were hooked on, uh, psychiatric medication. My grandmother ended up committing suicide at one point, uh, a lot of stuff like that growing up, man. And, you know, I, I just chose that I wasn't going to be okay with that. And I was going to try to help people, um, that were in those situations, you know, some people run from that. And I, there are certain individuals that I had to separate from because it just, they didn't have the want to, to get better. Um, but I, I was going to be willing to help anybody that was willing to get better. And, you know, I lived with my dad from eight to 11 and my mom was on to her third marriage and I wasn't sure I wanted to live in another man's house again. And my dad was moving on to his marriage, second marriage right after my mom. And I said, well, let me try this when I was eight. And for three years, I went through a lot of psychological, mental abuse, um, threats. I slept with a baseball bat a lot of nights. Um, I was I was just a scared kid, man, at that point, you know, and I, I wasn't sure why things were being taken out on me, the conflicts that were going on amongst the adults and the step parents and all that jazz. Right. And I felt a lot of times it was on me. So I went through three years of that and I decided at one point to get out of there. And 
when my mom said that she was going to file court papers to get me out because I shared what was going on with her, she said, you must stick to your guns if I'm going to do this. You cannot be flipping back and forth because it's, we're dealing with the courts here. I'm spending money. And in life, when you believe in something, people are going to try to talk you out of it because they have their own agendas or they're trying to pull you back to their level because they see you advance and you need to stick to your guns in life. So from that point on, really, I feel like I was a stubborn person. <laughs> I took what she said literally. And I just, when I believed something or wanted something, I stuck with it, man. I was perversely unyielding. If you look up the definition of uh, stubborn in the Merriam-Webster dictionary, there's one section that says perversely unyielding. So I think that to be a high performer, you need to be perversely unyielding. So long story short, my dad got served court papers. One day I came home from school after waiting you know, days and weeks for him to get served. I didn't tell him, of course. I come home, he has these papers in his hand, and I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Now, mind you, I'm 11 years old, right? And I'm in a house that's already filled with turmoil and conflict, tension. And so he tells me to go sit on my bed. My dad was my hero. Like, he was a mason, had his successful block brick concrete business. And I'm sitting there waiting for him to come back. He had these big forearms and rough hands. And I looked up to him. He was a hard worker. He always carried this wad of $100 bills around in his pocket with a rubber band around it. I thought that was the awesomest thing, man. I love that. Sounds passion. like every mason I know. Honestly, yeah. my, my friend's parents own a masonry. Her dad does the same thing. Giant ass forearms and a wad of hundreds. Yeah, yeah. it's like, it's like <laughs> yeah, the, job, the job's 20 grand, but if you pay me cash, it's 15 grand. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so uh, you know, he came back and confronted me about the papers and I, basically said, yeah, I want to move. And he said, well, your mom doesn't have any money, dude. You, you, you want to leave this environment here to go there. She's on to her third marriage. They have no money. Like, what do you, and I'm like, I'm, I made my decision. Cause I knew that what was going on there. And when there was some fight or something going on or him and his wife were having problems, he kept winking at me and give me a thumbs up. Like when she wasn't looking like, dude, just let her ride it out. And I, eventually it just never got better. So I confirmed that I wanted to leave and he said, okay, if that's the case. And he takes that wad hundred dollar bills out, crumpled one up, threw it at me and said, you're going to need this when you're living on the streets with your mother one day. And you know, at that moment I felt like, man, my hero gave up on me. You gotta, you gotta be kidding me. You know, maybe he was going through a period like where he felt like he was giving up on, you know, I, I don't know what was going through his head. I'm just sharing the story, not to play victim, but to share where I came from, because I think it's important to understand that when my dad did that to me, I had no other choice but to perform when I did things. Whether it was sports, school, work, whatever I did, I was going to perform. And I wasn't going to let anybody stop me and, or anything. And I've had this mentality ever since. For 30-some years, I've been driving off of this, what I call rocket fuel. Because after about two years ago, I, I went through a couple events, setbacks in business and what have you. And my stepfather, who became my father when I was 11, George, he passed away in 2019. I started thinking to myself, and that was sudden too, by the way, I was shocked by it, but I started looking at my, my life and saying, you know what? I'm not playing a big enough game where I am is not good enough. And I started looking back and say, but still, no matter what happened to me in my life, good, bad setbacks, I was always elevating still. And I was like, what is that? What is that? What I found was I was taking anything that would normally stop people or slow them down. I was storing it in my tank and converted it into rocket fuel for my future. Not in my trunk where most people store the stuff where it weighs them down. And I was blasting off way past where I was originally. So once I became aware of this concept, I'm like, this is too powerful not to share. So I bottled it. I wrote a book called Rocket Fuel, Convert Setbacks, Become Unstoppable. And I've been living off of this and became, now that I'm aware of it, the graph of my life has gone up like this instead of just a gradual uptick. So that's what it's all about. That's the performance, uh, 
you know, philosophy that I have of how to continue to achieve is that you just take anything that comes your way that's designed to stop you or you think is designed to stop you and convert it into rocket fuel. I think you hit it right on the head, to be honest. And a big thing that, that really resonated with me out of that was, out of everything that you mentioned, was how all of these things that would normally deter other people, you were able to use as fuel. And I think any real true high performer, anyone who's really successful and has longevity in success, they have this innate ability to be able to use that as fuel, right? Use these deterrents as fuel, use it as motivation, use it as something constructive and positive for their life. What have you found that separates these people, right? It's something that I've always thought that I had in me, right? I come from a broken home as well. My mom was a single parent, went to jail. My father was never around, gave up on me before I was even born, you know, kind of along the same line uh, as you. And it was always that chip I had on my shoulder, you know, oh, my dad didn't want to be a part of my life. Like I'm not good enough for him. I'm going to show him, you know, I'm going to show him. And, you know, luckily I was able to kind of translate that and, and, and shift that perspective as I grew up into more constructive ways of going about my, my thought process and my mindset. But what really has stood out for you across the board out of all the high performers that you found? What are some innate characteristics and things that they've really had to go through um, that maybe other people can look out for or try to model in, in a maybe more positive way than you and I have, have had to experience these things? I think everybody, everybody has setbacks, right? Everybody does. They may not identify with a lot of them. You know, some people I talk to say, man, I don't have a story like you. I came up in a, in a family was loving and we had money and this and that, but still, dude, you still have setbacks, mm-hmm. you know, come on. And maybe, maybe your setback was that you're comfortable and complacent because of the environment that you grew up in. And so you don't, that's really a huge one for excel. a lot of people, right? True. Yeah. You don't try to excel because you were comfortable and you were complacent, which is my kryptonite, by the way. Um, but I think the, the ones that really the rocket fuel approach is a proactive approach. It's something that you need to prepare yourself for. You can't go into an adversity, be in the adversity right in close proximity to it. And then put this formulate this plan that you're going to convert everything into rocket fuel. It's proactive because the closer you are proximity to one of these setbacks or adversities, the less light at the end of the tunnel that you see, the more chaos and emotions are involved. And at that point right there, you just need to get in a situation where you can see some hope. That's the only thing that you can do at that moment right there. So I think the most high performers are proactive in building themselves, preparing themselves to be able to handle anything and understanding ahead of time that when this happens or something happens, recognize it right away, acknowledge it, and then take action on it. Because man, I'm telling you right now, I preach this stuff all the time. And when I go through a setback, I still get that feeling right here at first. Mm -hmm that yep. nasty feeling. And I'm like, Oh man. And it's like, and you start to lose hope a little bit, but you got to like, you have to have a trigger that goes yep. off when that happens and understand like, no, 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 this ain't happening to me. I'm built for this shit. I got this. Like, what am I made of? I, that's what I say to myself all the time. Like, what are you made of, man? Let's go look at all the stuff you've been through <laughs> as a kid, dude. I, I was in child psychologist's offices. I was in courts. I was dealing with parents fighting and arguing and threatening me. Like I, I've been through all that. And the stuff that I'm going through now is nothing, man. Come on. Really? Like that's so I talk to myself a lot, by the way. So I think that's the difference is uh, preparing yourself and being understanding of the fact that nothing can stop you until you get plucked from this planet. I, th- I love that you men- mentioned that. And it's funny because you know you what you said about 
when you still being a high performer, you're going to get hit with a setback regardless, right? It doesn't matter who it is. Like, you got guys like the Tony Robbins of the world and all these guys. They're getting hit with setbacks all the time, but I always call it they just know how to flip the switch faster than somebody else who doesn't have the understanding of the tools or the growth that maybe an individual like this has gone through. But we all have our setbacks. And it's so funny, but most of the times it's these fears, beliefs, these doubts, um, and this uh, this fear that comes from our, our past DNA that's embedded within us, and it comes out in these different moments of, you know, maybe it could be a pinnacle time or, a, or you, maybe you got to a, a level of success and now you plateaued. And then those same fears, doubts, beliefs, all that stuff starts creeping up again from the same place. And you're like, shit, this isn't working for me anymore. Or why is this happening now? You know, uh -huh. or maybe I'm not the best anymore. Or maybe I'm not as uh -huh. good as I was before. And it's the same crap stemming from the same place. <laughs> and that's why I tell people all the time, like anybody out there that tells you, oh, no, like I'm not I'm I'm completely fierce. I'm not scared of anything. I don't. That's bullshit. We all are. Doesn't matter what level of high performance you are. We all have a sense of it's always going to come back somewhere in our life. But I think the difference is, is when you can become the best manager of managing it and catching it at the right moment so you can crush it there and then continue forward with your success. Yeah, dude, we all have it. And the thing is, everybody, see, when you're going through a lot of these things, you feel like you're the only one there. You're, man, nobody else... You know, I look at, I, I'm mentored by Grant a lot. And I know Grant has had, Grant Cardone has, has had setbacks, right? But sometimes you're thinking you're going through this thing because you don't see them. You don't see the journey that they took to success. You think to yourself, damn, dude, Grant didn't deal with this shit. Like he does not deal with that. Why, why am I going through this? I must be a failure. I must not be. And these stupid thoughts come through your head, right? Everybody deals with failure. Everybody deals with setbacks. The fact of the matter is most people don't share because they're embarrassed mm -hmm. by it. Like if, if more people would, would share what they're going through and not complain about it, but like being a victim, but just share what you're going through and say, Hey, look, this is what I'm going through, but watch this, like sit in your chair, get your pop, watch what happens now. That's what I do. When I have a setback, I have a letdown, something I share it with people, not to complain or like give people negative vibes, but I say, Hey, watch what happens now. And then that fires me up to make it happen because I know people are watching. But most people don't do that because they, they, they're embarrassed and they're worried about what people think. And we all have a level of that too. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, to double down on that, even in, uh, I feel like in our social circles, you know, a lot of my, a lot of our friends, have been, man, I can't believe you guys said that on the podcast. I can't, you know, you guys talked about this subject, like who gives a fuck? Like, you know what I mean? One, if you, if you're so upset by it, like, you know, you're entitled to your own opinion as am I, as are we Two, like if it is something that, you know, maybe I fucked up on or, or something that we could have done better on and, and we're admitting that, like, it's just our ability to, like you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, recognize it so that we can make an honest assessment and actually come up with a solution that's going to move the needle forward in our lives. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can always be open to constructive criticism, but at the end of the day, who, you can't worry about what people think. Nah, too many people get crippled, uh, crippled by that. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a paralysis by analysis if you're too yeah, look uh, here's an example guys i'm in the mortgage industry too i have a division i run for nation's lending and we lost eight employees recently whether it was me letting some people go and then others deciding to go because i put too much pressure on them or whatever the case is you find out those people happen to be the weak links they necessarily they were doing it covertly before now once you figure out and you and you push people sometimes overtly they start to show that they're uh the weak link and when it when you do that sometimes it's like man am i do i know what i'm doing 
Like I run a business here. I don't, people aren't supposed to leave your business. Like you're supposed to have a place where people don't want to leave and you build people and this and that. And you start questioning yourself and you start looking inside and, and that's, you know, it's okay to look and see what you're responsible for, but you should never like close up and, and start really thinking like you, you don't know what you're doing because you didn't get to where you are today by not knowing what you're doing. You know, so I go through the same stuff. Um, I'm going through this thing right now. I just put out the book, Rocket Fuel. It's coming out, um, my podcast. But there's times where I'm going through thinking, what is my message? Am I niched good enough? Or am I just too broad? Like people don't know what the hell I do half the time, right? Well, I'm constantly internally and with my team working on this. What's the message? What can we do better? Like, can we niche it down now? Like, you know, so I go through, everybody goes through a journey, man. And the people that don't quit and keep freaking going are the ones that win and are super successful. One thing I love that you said is you're constantly like, okay, how can I just get this better? How can I shift this a little bit? How can, but you started, right? And I think that's the mm -hmm. biggest problem that most people have is that they're so worried so much about like it being perfect or what's the other person going to think or is it that niche or is it that that? And yeah. they just don't start, right? Because yeah. yeah. really where you figure your, when you figure yourself out or your business truly, it's through the process. It's through the failing, through the uh, trying, through the experimenting, through the headaches, through the hardships, through some wins, you know, and then you start molding and start figuring out, okay, man, okay, so this is more of what I want. This is more of where I wanted to go. This is what I'm seeing that is impacting people like this, and I'm really liking this. And then you start slowly developing that. Next, you know, in a few years, you're just like, boom, streamline, you know, but I think it's the fact that people are just so scared to start. Now, I don't know if it yeah. has to be, like you're saying, from that sense of embarrassment, could be an ego thing, could be so many different things. But I think people just have to, especially in a time like this, right? You have to just start whatever it is that you want to do and just yeah. move the needle forward. And I feel like most people have enough resources to do it. We live in such an era, an era of so much resources that I think it's getting to the point I've mentioned over, over and over again is that it's just way too much resources where people are getting clouded of like, where do I even begin? I'm hearing from this guy, from that girl, from boom, 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 boom. Dude, guys, you have so much information already. Just start with what you have. What you have is plenty. Get the needle moving. And then when you start aligning with that, maybe that one mentor, that one thing that you really stick to, learn from that one and, and apply certain things from there. But that's my belief. That's what I feel yeah, yeah, where things yeah, are going. Yeah, yeah, you're hitting on something. This is a great segue into something I want to talk about. I'm going to be a little polarizing here for a minute, if you don't mind. Go ahead. Some people are going to hate me for this and uh, because they make great money at this. But digital courses are the cause. Digital courses work to an extent, but they really over, overly suck. And I'm going to tell you why. You're watching a video. You shut the video off. Half the people don't even finish the videos. Half mm. the people don't make it through a digital course. And why is that? Any idea? Accountability. Bo bottom line is, well, it could be accountability, but or bottom line is they didn't understand something they just watched. They don't know really what the first step is and to, to what they're supposed to do. They don't know after they make the first step because you're talking about starting, right? Well, if you're starting, what are you supposed to start with? That's where people get paralyzed. They're like, I don't know what to start with. I know I'm supposed to do something, but is that the wrong thing to do? Is that the thing I should do third or fourth? Or is that the first? I don't know. Here's the thing, guys. People need to get blueprints. And what I mean by this, I got a company coming out. It's called Blueprinted with OO, Blue OO Printed. This is going to disrupt the industry. And the reason I'm saying this is polarizing. There's a lot of people that do digital courses. And that's a way that a lot of people made money. But are they getting the results for people? Which to me is what matters. Like you can have a business all day making money doing digital courses. But if you're not helping people to the fullest extent that you could help them, to me, that's a disservice. So 
I know Bradley's not going to be happy with me with saying this, but hmm. at the end of the day, digital courses suck. Blueprints is what people need. And the blueprint, when I talk about this, is a step-by-step algorithmic formula in, in a uh, project management format, like a, an Asana, for example, or a calendar where somebody can give you the blueprint step-by-step and then they put like a physical trainer, somebody to train someone, right? What if they had the calendar all laid out and they sold the blueprint to how to build a body or build a strength or do something? They put it in a calendar. The people downloaded in their calendar Monday. They know exactly what they got to do Monday. Monday, 5 a.m., you are at the gym and you do this. This is the exact step you do first. You do bench press. And they have a description of exactly that step. How many reps, whatever, whatever, how much weight. They don't even have to think. They just do it. Now, I go to the gym. I have a trainer, guys. I have had so much more success. I'm 44 years old. I'm in the best shape of my life. And it's because I have the blueprint. I hired a guy. Not everybody can afford to do this. Not everybody has the ability in their area. I hired a guy to tell me exactly what to do. So I don't even have to think. I get up real early in the morning. I show up to the gym. He tells me to do this, this, and this. I just follow it, right? But digital courses don't necessarily do that, right? What, what this system I'm going to tell you about is, is when people can put a blueprint together Start step one, do this. Don't go to step two until you do step one. Step two is this. Step three is this. But when you do step three, if this happens, do this. If this happens, do this. What if people had access to that? And they had the will because here's the problem. My whole life, I've had the will and the hustle to get things done and to perform. I just didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do first, second, what to do next. If this happened, what did it do? I didn't know. So I solved this problem now with the company that I partnered with, uh, my partner with called Blueprinted. It's going to be coming out in the next 60 to 90 days. Uh, It's going to change the game and probably make a lot of people that have digital courses wake up a little bit. Pumped. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm stoked to see that come out. You have to let us know for sure. Do you got a waiting list going on or what? We'll sign up. Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely. What's going to happen is when it comes out, I'm going to be reaching out to, of course, every podcast that I was on, but you guys go right into our database anyway, because we have your email. Um, But we're going to definitely be reaching out, having appointments, showing the prototype to people and getting, by the way, when you, when I do something like this, it's got to be quality, right? It's got to work like the blueprint. I can't be putting shitty blueprints in and then people buy them and then they suck. Mm. Right. So we're going to have people that are founding blueprinters. They're going to put blueprints in there. People are going to be able to buy them or they can be free and give them away as a lead magnet. And at the end of the day, people are going to develop communities and, and, and databases via this and also be able to help people and really get results that really work. It's all, about, it's all about application, right? It's all about putting what you learned into action. Without that step, yes. you go absolutely nowhere. And, you know, to, to kind of bring what both of you guys were saying together, it's, it's simplifying the things that you're learning, right? so that you can actually apply and assess them over time. I, I really think so. And I think, you know, there is so much information out there. You, you know, you have your trainer. That's fantastic. You know, we're huge advocates on, you know, coaches also need coaches. They need to, you know, find the avenues in their life like you have with, you know, obviously you're very successful with what you're doing, but you notice that you were kind of lacking in your, in your physical health and you went and hired someone who knew more about that and, and could help you. And, and that's really what, more people should be doing if you're not able to do that if you don't have the resources available to go hire a trainer or a business coach or whatever you know there's more than enough out there youtube university right is is a big one yeah. i taught yeah. my i remember in grad school like i was uh, i i used to be a collegiate strength coach and and my boss at the time had this elaborate you know excel program where he could tinker and you know do multiple programs for multiple athletes and i was like oh yeah i need that he's like all right great yeah totally like uh, go, 
go build one. Okay, great. Can I just like get, can I just get yours? Like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? Like it took me eight years to to build this. Like, no way, dude. Go. All right. Listen, I'm going to, I'm going to tell He goes, I'm going to give you the number one website that you're going to get so that you can build out your own. I was like, sick. I thought I was going to get one of those blueprints. Now he's like youtube.com. I was like, you motherfucker. Yeah. Like, right. but, but, but what do you learn more watching something or doing? Mm-hmm. No, I learned everything by doing, by, you know, I, by doing, making right? those mistakes, yeah. you know, making yeah. those mistakes. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what I do know about Excel, the, the very limited stuff I do know if it weren't for him being like, bro, you gotta go, you gotta go try it out and do it. You know, it's yeah. all about action. And, and I think as coaches, right. Just to kind of wrap up my point as coaches and, and you know, what's so great about what you're about to put out with blueprint is, you know, having the ability to to systemize successfully our approaches to whatever we're doing is is integral for the times that we're in now more than ever where there is so much information out there our time is even as limited as it probably ever could be and uh you know things that are able or or implementable are going to be integral for for our success in the future so that's awesome man i'm super pumped for you and uh can't wait to see what you got coming for us yeah thank you thank you i'm fired up about it man it's gonna be a lot of work to get it up and running but once it goes man it's gonna be it's gonna be a disruptor like i said a game changer and i can even see after this where we're gonna have people are very creative right there's creative people out there and you start releasing this out to other people that have brains and they start coming up with ideas and they're going to be like dude you don't want to build your own blueprint they're going to go to the people that have the 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 knowledge to build blueprints they're going to be like look dude no don't build your own blueprint pay us just like building websites just like people that build courses for people and he's going to, they're going to this is going to create another industry of people that build blueprints so I'm looking forward to just, you know, having a major impact in this industry. No, I think it's beautiful. I think it's absolutely beautiful. I want to ask you, who are some of the people that you feel that are doing a great job, you know, putting out, you know, their systems and stuff in place? And who are people you're excited to want to be able to get have their them get their hands on your blueprint? You know, uh, I would think that as far as people that are putting great stuff out, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Grant Cardone mentee and, and licensee and all that. And then there's, there's a couple guys that work with him. I stick with my, my guys, like in the 10 X community, there's people for, you know, coaching, there's people for real estate, there's, and you, you can learn all the stuff you need to know, but Brandon Dawson is a scaling expert, a business scaling expert. And I, for, for what I've seen for him, man, he is this process system and processes guy. He knows how to scale things. Um, I'm excited about talking to him about this and also, um, you know, Grant himself, but also uh, Richie Dolan, who's a, who's a friend of mine and a mentor and coach of mine who is a performance coach. He's a, a real estate guy as well, real estate investing merchant banker guy, but he also coaches the, the, the NBA teams and LeBron James and he's got three NBA championship rings. I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited about bringing it to those guys and seeing what they can do with it. As far as my blueprint, um, again, one of the biggest mistakes that I've ever made and any success that I've done is I didn't document it. And now we're starting to, but I didn't do that in the past. I was a grinder, a runner, and I would just put my head down and go after it, man. And, uh, everything I've did, if I would have just documented it and put it in a blueprint then I could have been able to sell it to people and help other people, not just make money off of it, but impact people. So I, that's one of the biggest thing. I don't like to say regrets, but the biggest mistakes that I've made, I think in the past is I didn't document my my SOPs standard operating procedures. I think that's part of what makes you so successful, right? It's now looking back on that saying, okay, it's something that we weren't doing, 
probably should have been doing it. Now we're going to start doing it right now where, you know, we're going to find the best way to do it. And then we're going to implement that in and, and roll with it and start assessing that. And it's so true. Like having these, having this data, everyone's so afraid of data, right? It can be very overwhelming, but if you have the right pieces of data in front of you, man, it's a game changer for your business. It's a game changer for your life too. You know, it's like when people mm-hmm. talk about, I mean, we work in the health and fitness uh, realm. People always talk about, oh, well, weight. Like, I'm so focused on my weight. It's like you're missing out on all the other data that's out there that's really going to help move your motivation and move your confidence so that the weight will fall off or you will be able to gain weight or build muscle or do whatever you want. Think about this, guys. Think about uh, if you're tra- in the training industry and you have your clients, right? And then you may have, you can have a group or whatever. But imagine if you guys had your blueprints, and you could you could have you could have a woman's blueprint, a guy's blueprint, strength blueprint, um, uh, more of a like a cut routine, more of a. Oh, whatever, if you're a good you know coach, I mean? you got them, you know. And you have all those blueprints, and you can do it step by step in a calendar and whatever diet, whatever you could put it out, dude. You could have this whole. Everybody's gonna have every blueprinter is gonna have their own page, like a Facebook profile kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. And you can list your blueprints on there. Some could be free. Some could be five dollars. Some could be five hundred dollars. And just imagine the economy that's gonna. And you're there we go. We're good. Yep. You can roll. Yeah. No. Did you hear what I said? Uh, I, mean, uh, I would repeat it. Yeah. I'd repeat okay. It. So what I was saying is, is your industry in the, in physical training space, just imagine the economy that's going to be created by this because right now it, you don't have this, this access. You might have digital course training. You might have group zoom calls. You might have physical, like one-on-one coaching and training. But if you could just say to someone, Hey, look, I got this page. It's like a Facebook profile. Hey, all my blueprints are on there. Go pick blueprint a one, a whatever, whatever, buy that one. And it'll give you everything you need. And then they upload it into their calendar. You, you hold them accountable and then they're going through the calendar every day. And then you should be able to see results. So specifically for your industry, this is going to be huge. I always say, I, I keep saying it. I've said it multiple times on a few other podcasts. I say that in the, in, within the, these, these next five years, you're going to see the first uh, billionaire personal trainer. I'm going to help create that. <laughs> I would love, I mean, I listen, if coming. you want me to be your guinea pig, I would, ha- I would <laughs> love go. for you to turn me into the first billionaire. It's trainer. coming. It's coming. You already, go. you already got a few millionaire personal trainers doing it. Like it's bound to happen with the right, you know, you got the blueprint, you know, and I'm sure as things perfect themselves, it's going to allow for these personal trainers to just be able to tap in into a, a revenue stream that they've never would have had in their life. You know, going mm-hmm. back to even 2011, 2012, 2014, 15 trainers were maxing out really you know, recently over like a hundred, maybe 120 a year. And that's like, Whoa, you're making a lot as a personal trainer. You had some exceptions, exceptions making 150, but you were like, Whoa, like how are you making 150 as a trainer? Now it's just like with everything, the way it's going in tech and obviously, you know, COVID's I think sped up everything five years ahead for, especially for health and fitness. You're seeing the opportunities to be able to hit those million or million markers and God knows now, you know, with the, with these, uh, new tools in place. Yeah. I got a, my trainer is working, you know, 10, 12 hours a day. Doing we got to give him coaching. a shout out. We got to give him <laughs> a Dan, shout Dan, out. Dan, Dan Bryant, shout out to Dan Bryant. He does go. a great job, man. Like, look, I mean, my, my arms are huge, but, uh, <laughs> but, but the thing is, is that I, I, I'm talking to him about scaling, dude. Like you, you're, you're, you can only do so much as a one person and one-on-one mm-hmm. you're, you're done. And then you go on the weekend and you're wore out. What if there's a way where people could train with you? all over the world. Yep. 
and and then you have all these hours available because you're not you don't have to be there the whole time you know it's it, it, it there's so much opportunity out there really it's just a matter of going after it and wanting it yeah i mean i mean covid was a, a huge wake-up call for both of us and and why we turned to mainly being online you know anthony is fully online now i'm i'm you know right at the cusp of of getting rid of all of my in-person clients and it was uh right to your point it's it's you only have so many hours in a day, right? We all have 24 hours in a day. If I, if you know, we're talking about the difference between your trainer and my trainer, he sees you for an hour, right? I can see four people in 15 minute calls in that hour. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. I'm able to make, you know, even if we're charging the same amount, I'm able to get that many more clients in, in that one hour period. And, uh, you know, you're right. It's all about once you hit a certain level as a trainer, once you hit that, you know, six figure mark, then you start going, mm, I'm putting in a lot of time right? Just to get maybe like another 20 grand here. How do I scale it? Right. Mm -hmm. What are some things are there, you know, now that you've really been, you know, diving deep into, you know, how to build a successful blueprint, are there key components to building out a blueprint that you see really, you know, uh, fall across a lot of different avenues, whether you get into real estate, whether you get into, you know, mindset coaching, or you get into business coaching or personal training, um, what do you see as like key components to building out a quality blueprint as a whole? Well, I mean, I think you reverse engineer it, you know, just like with goals, you start out with the end product of what you want and what you've done. Let's say it's a successful person and they're talking about documenting what they've done. Okay. Go back and reverse engineer what you did. You know, you're here. What did you do from that point and go backwards all the way back to the beginning and really simplify it, dumb it down and just assume that nobody knows anything because that way there's less questions you just don't don't go off of the you know the nomenclature of your of your business that the, the words that only people in your business know. Just go all the way back and just simplify. To me, man, if you simplify uh, things, then you alleviate customer service questions, people coming back to you, and eliminates you having to spend time coaching people. So I would say reverse engineering and simplification is the is the most important thing. Now, here's the thing: the best part about this is when we do something like this, we're going to have all the brain power of anybody that gets involved with it. And they're going to start coming up with ideas. It's kind of like masterminding. And I'm going to allow that, that creativity of the people that get involved with this to evolve this product That's amazing. and how to build, and how to build blueprints. I mean, you know, think about it when people were able to start building websites, think about all the creative people that came up with the awesome website designs and or funnel designs and or uh, digital courses or, mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you got to allow that to happen. And to me, I'm a creative person to an extent, but not like a lot of the people that are out there that'll be involved with this. So with what you're doing, where would you like to see this in the next five years evolve to? Uh, in the next five years, I'd like to have millions of users. I'd like to have millions of blueprints on there. Um, and people just, I, I want to alleviate and, and just eliminate the excuse of not knowing how to do something. I want to eliminate the paralysis of being stuck, not knowing what the next step is and creating a place where all people are unstoppable to live in the life of their dreams. And in doing that with this access to this millions of people going in here and saying, okay, I have blueprints in here for this, this, and this go in here, all these different verticals people can search. And then eventually having this product that a big company is going to come want to buy from us because we have so much data. Do you feel that this can help? This can slightly disrupt the schooling industry. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, absolutely. We've talked about that going into a situation where it could go into schooling. It can go into a situation where you got monster and career builder and people looking for jobs and not having the skills that they need to have a job. So they could have a blueprint to becoming a whatever, 
awesome. and it, and it can it can it, dude there's just so much the, the problem is that like there's so much opportunity that you have to really get focused on a niche and figure out where you want to start and then build it out from there because if you if you're still you know we start we have all these ideas of all these different things that we're going to be able to do mm-hmm. with it but at the end of the day it has to start somewhere um so five years from now, man, I would love to have sold it by then. And, uh, you know, to a, to a larger company that can really even blow it up even further and maybe just absorb it into some other purposeful product. You know, I don't know. You've talked about, you know, the niches, right? Be having a niche, right? And I, I truly am a firm believer that the riches are in the niches, right? If you can find one subsect or, or one population to, to really serve and you can, you know, be one of the main authorities in that space then then man you 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 found something special can you kind of give me your take on on why finding a a niche is so important and you know how someone could go about doing that easily right because obviously your whole premise is simplifying things for people yeah i'll tell you i struggled with this at first you know uh, i went out and said you know what I'm going to do a podcast about what are you made of and allow people to share their stories. And then I'm going to write a book about becoming unstoppable and rocket fuel. And I want to have a coaching and people building. I started a company called people building. And, and then I have, you know, I went all over the place and I'm like, well, what the hell do I actually do? You know, people love hearing me talk, but what are the, what do I actually do? Do people really know what I do? The mortgage business is something that I work on. I have a business. I work on it. I'm not a mortgage guy. I just, I've been doing that for years. I'm, you know, I, I like the building of the people in the organization, but the mortgage product itself, it's just, I'm not passionate about it to be, tr- to be truthful. Um, I like working with the people in the industry, but at the end of the day, what do I, what am I known for? And so I went through this myself and really now just recently, I'm starting to narrow this into, okay, we're, we're a processes. This is our niches processes, systems and processes. That was my weakness is the irony of it. And so now we're focusing on, okay, become unstoppable by knowing how to do things. And so for people that, that they want to think about this, they can think about what would people know them for? Like if, uh, you know, I hang out in clubhouse a lot and I run into someone and they say, Hey, that's C-Rock that was, he was in the clubhouse. What does he do? And if people can't identify what you do, you didn't niche out. And the biggest thing for me is I had this thought in my head. I was thinking like, well, if I niche out that like shrinks the audience that I can go after, but it's actually intuitively different. You actually expand because people, when you're talking out there, know, oh, he's talking to me, nope. not just he's talking to someone. And it's funny because you actually, you, you become that, that, what do you call it? Like that, you become that bigger fish in that, in that smaller pond where you're sticking out amongst the people you're supposed to stick out amongst and serve, you know? Yeah, so, like, yeah. Like if you're watching my Instagram, you guys go on my Instagram. Do you really know what I did before I talked to you? So little research I did, that's how I kind of figured it out. But if yeah. I went in the Instagram, not right away. Right. And that's the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're dialing it in ourselves. Now I will tell you what I did was just one. My, my main focus was not to be niched at first. My main focus was to get known period. Just people to know C-Rock brand, mm-hmm. brand, 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 be everywhere, be omnipresent. Right. So that was my first goal. And then now it's like that. And everybody knows not everybody, but a lot of people know who I am. So now it's niche. Some people say niche first and then brand. I just did it this way. I, I, I don't know. I just went off a grant's thing where you need to be omnipresent. Well, <laughs> so. I mean, it, that that brought me to another point that I, I wanted to bring up actually was, you know, we talk about it all the time uh, in, in training, in the training world is that, 
you know, sometimes people are too quick to, to jump to a niche, right? And they don't generalize long enough to be able to find the niche that they really need to be able to serve, right? And, and to sometimes, you know, and at least like one thing that I've really pride myself on in, in my career is being able to help a ton of different populations, right? So that, you know, now I've been, I feel blessed that I'm able to really hone in on like, you know, the maybe, you know, five year gap and, and, an age difference between the people that I want to work with. I know, you know, what their interests are, what they like to do with their free time, what, you know, what even down to like what types of clothes they even like to buy. Right. Um, but I wouldn't have known all of that stuff if I didn't dip my feet into a couple different ponds. Right. You if I didn't, if I didn't yeah. open myself up to, to really understand, because, you know, early in my career, when I trained athletes, that's all I would have trained. I would have told you, you were insane if I trained people like you. Right. Um, now all I want to do is train people like you, people who are highly motivated, right? Highly successful with a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love it. Yep. So, well, the other thing is I know, I know a lot about sales. I know a lot about business. I know a lot about different things, but do am I passionate enough to pursue that niche with like unwavering commitment? You know, when you don't feel like it, are you willing to do it anyway? Are you going to start to resent it? Because you're not really pat. So to me, like I love sales. I'm very good at sales. I've been doing it for a long time. But it's not like I don't want to focus on sales yeah. every day. Yeah. Like I, I mean, look. I feel I, you I there. Mean, I don't. I don't have a problem selling a product. I'm saying I don't feel like teaching sales every day. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't do that, you'll start to resent it. So to you don't. Me, you don't want sales to be the product. Yeah. I mean, to me, to to me, it's man. How can I show people how to become unstoppable? What would that take? And this is the perfect thing. And now I'm fired up. It lights me up. Love that. Mike, I want to ask you a question, um, and I know uh, this is something like you hear sometimes, like Gary Vee, some of these guys say, but do you feel like, especially a lot of these young kids coming in 18, 19, 20, and they're like, I want to just be an entrepreneur. I got to figure out exactly what I got to do now. Do you think that's, whether it's right or wrong, however you want to view it, but do you think that it's more of like, enjoy being young and just try different things out until you really learn to master one thing, and then as you're a little older, go for it? Or do you feel like, hey, heck, you know, if you know, if you've, have this one thing idea, just figure out, do it then when you're 18 years old, forget about everything else. What is kind of your take on that? Or is it really depends on the person? I mean, I think if you can make money early on and because like your job that you're going to get when you're 18 is not going to be a high paying job anyway. Right. So Mm -hmm. if you can go after something that you think that you could make a big impact with and you're passionate about it, you can make money at it. Uh, and take some risks because you, you know, look, do you got plenty of time after you, if you fail plenty of time to rebound from it? I think go for it, man. I mean, I, what, what, here's what I have a problem with. I got into a job when I, where I was making about 60 grand, right. When I was younger in my twenties. Mm-hmm. Right. And I felt like, man, I, I got out of college. That's what they told us all these years in high school, go to college, get a job, come out, make it 60 to hundred grand in that range. Right. 50, 60. That was good. That was a lot of, like, not a lot of money. It was good money though. Right. And I got into that and then I'm like, okay, I made it. Now what? And then I, I felt like I couldn't do anything else because this is all I knew how to do, you know? And if I left, then I'll have to learn something else and I'll possibly lose that 60 instead mm-hmm. of thinking I'm going to leave. I can always come back to this 60. <laughs> I'm going to leave and I'm going to go after it. And that's what I ended up doing after a, a period of time. It took me nine years to figure that out though. For some reason in my twenties, I, I spent a lot of time in home sales. Now I cut my teeth doing uh, sales in home, handling objections, building rapport, all that stuff. So I look at that. There's that's a valuable lesson, you know, le- lessons that I learned. But I think that, you know, here's another example. People are in our business, in the mortgage business, and they're making six figures and 
living a decent life and they are trapped by that because they feel like if they go try something else that, that, that hundred thousand might go away, you know, and then, and how long will it take to get that hundred thousand? So to me, I don't like the fact of getting stuck in a corporate job early on. I think if you have a passion, you want to be an entrepreneur young, I go for it, man. Love it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're speaking as a choir here. I think, you know, we, I mean, in terms of fitness, we work for about as corporate of a gym as, as you could have gotten. And, and both of us were like uh, exit stage left as soon as possible. So, yeah. Well, maybe you, know. you can do it for a little while and learn. Just know that, you know, keep in mind that you're not going to be stuck there. Right, you know? right. Yeah, and, it, you know, it's not, again, it's not forever. I have a lot of friends that still work in, in corporate America. And, you know, some people need a steady paycheck and a 95 job. But if, if you're one of those people that really wants to have uh, freedom of your time, freedom of choice, freedom of, of ability and, and mobility, then I think, you know, taking that risk is definitely at least worth the, uh, worth the chance, yeah. right. Worth the opportunity. And you become yeah. aware, you right. You become aware. I think some people become aware like, Hey, I do, I can do very well. I can still be a high performer working for somebody else. Um, doesn't, I just don't want to maybe have the headaches of running a company, you know, and I'm happy. Um, yeah, and I can yeah, still operate like an entrepreneur, but for somebody else, you yeah, know, and they're super fun. happy. There's nothing wrong with that. We need those people too. We need those people. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes those people, you even see sometimes those, those people are actually smarter than even the, the guy who started the business himself. You know, the guy with the business, he has more, Capital. it's just, well, also too, he has the desire to want to run a business. And, you know, sometimes you'll, you know, he just has that drive that maybe the other person doesn't want, you know, but that other person excels in, in another area that this entrepreneur needs. So, it's yeah, and the other thing is, what, it really comes down to what is your core purpose or core values that you have, and then filter everything through that. If your 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 core purpose is not to have your own business, like you said, then go work for someone and be the most valuable employee that they have. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, I agree, man. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, you know, Mike, we're before we wrap things up. Uh, you know, I know that you're busy, and uh, we don't want to take up too much of your time. I want to say. You know, it's been great getting to know you. It's been, you know, I'm super pumped for, for the blueprint, blueprinted or blueprint? Blueprinted. Uh, blueprinted. All right. I want to make sure I get that right. And it's OO. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Ooh. I'm super pumped for that to come out. You know, uh, if there's anything that we can do uh, to help you out with that, whether it be, you know, announcing the launch or even, you know, yeah. throwing up some blueprints of our own, we'd, we'd be more than happy to, to do that. And, uh, cool, you know, cool. again, I just want to say thank you for coming on the podcast. It's It's been great to, you know, shine a little light into your expertise and your mindset. Yeah, Mike, I, I want to say thank you again, personally, myself, you know, for, you know, accepting the invitation and wanting to come on here and share a bit of your story, you know, what you're doing, you know, how you're impacting people, um, you know, how you set the example, your project that you're creating that I think it's amazing, um, you know, with Blueprinted, what you're going to be doing um, and how that's going to be able to grow in, in multiple industries across the board and how it's going to be able to affect many people's lives and just being able to have that process in place to be able to start effectively go effectively through the process and, and get to that, that uh, result that they're looking for. So I want to say thank you for that. Yeah, thank Before, you guys. Yeah. No, your, what's your, your books out now again, correct? Your books. It's, it's actually going to be uploaded anytime now to Amazon. I just, I'm waiting on the uh, publisher to wrap up. So yeah, it'll be, I don't know when this episode goes out, but it'll be, It'll probably, probably be out. out. Yeah, it'll probably be out. I'll have to grab a, I'll grab a copy for sure. Oh, yeah, make sure Rocket Fuel, Gino Wickman wrote a book called Rocket Fuel. It's more of an entrepreneur book. Mine's more of a mindset lifestyle book. Okay. Um, so Love just that. pay attention to the author. Okay. 100%. Perfect. Um, I wanted you to throw in any plugs of how people can connect with you, contact you. Um, the floor is yours. Yeah. Go to, to um, Instagram. It's the best way to, to check me out. Mikey C-Rock, M-I-K-E-Y-C-R-O-C. 
Uh, DM me there if you have any questions. And on my website's Mike Searock, MikeSearock.com, MikeSearock.com. Great. Mike, before we uh, close things out, I always like to end it with some rapid-fire questions. So uh, here we go. Let's go. Question number one. Coming up as uh, through the ranks of your life and, you know, facing, you know, some of these obstacles, what was the one biggest thing that stuck out to you that told you that this was the path of entrepreneurship was for you and that you wanted to lead it? You know, I'm a disruptor. I, I don't like to be told what to do. So I would say that, you know, when I was in sales back in 98 until about 2000, 2000-ish, right? I think in that range, I was just like, man, I don't want to, I don't want to be told what to do and where to go. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's where the moment was. And, I, you know, I still work for a mortgage company, right? But I have an entrepreneur like this, that part of my business is under a, a company, but we run a PL underneath that company. And then all my other businesses are, are me. So, and my partners. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I don't mind, I don't mind, you know, working for a corporation um, in some aspects, but I definitely need that freedom. And, and I look guys, I'm, I'm the man, like when it comes to things, like I, I need to make the decisions. So I like to be in control. Yeah. Men will tell you I'm pretty hard headed. So next question, what's the craziest and wildest experience you've had in your career? Uh, you know, there's been several times where I've been lost a million bucks. I mean, that's pretty crazy, isn't it? Um, uh, you know, people, people doing unethical things, man, you know, and, and I take responsibility for it when it happens because I need to be paying attention to the, the condition of people with, when I put them around me and if they're not in the right condition with, in their life, their finances, their mental, their tone, whatever, emotional, whatever it is, I got to be very cautious of that because those people are generally a lot of times that are lower or unethical and they will do things to you that will cost you money, time and reputation. So, you know, I think that the, those two instances where I lost, you know, somewhere in a hundred thousand range and then, uh, you know, my, my partners and I about a million, <laughs> that's pretty crazy to me. Yeah, that'll no, do it. No, 100%. I appreciate you sharing that. Great learning lesson. Yeah. I'm sure. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Last and final question. What is the biggest piece of advice you can leave off to all our listeners today in one sentence? Proactively take this approach, which is called the rocket fuel law. It's to turn all setbacks, disappointments, letdowns, difficulties, discouraging people, anything that would normally be designed or you would think would be designed to stop or slow you down, store it in your fuel tank instead of your trunk where it weighs you down and convert it into rocket fuel for your future to become unstoppable. Ooh. Period. Smashed it. Guys, you heard it. Rocket fuel, baby. Mike himself. Absolutely legendary. Yeah, appreciate you for coming on. Until next time, everybody. Thank you for listening to Sweat It Out with Anthony Mendez and Josh Evans. Enjoyed this episode? Make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review.